Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Janet Yeo, who is an ambassador for Opportunity International. She's also the coordinator of New Hope Care. Now, uh, welcome to History Makers. Janet, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Wonderful. Now, uh, whereabouts uh, were you brought up? Uh, What uh, city and town were you raised in? I was born in Sydney, but at the age of four I moved to Melbourne, so most of my upbringing was there. Mm -hmm. And did you have any uh, religion in your upbringing? Yeah, well, both my parents had quite religious upbringing. I went to Sunday school for a few years, and then I went to a Baptist girls' school. Okay. And uh, would you say that you were a Christian at a young age, or did you stray from the faith, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I probably wouldn't say I was a Christian. I had some Christian teaching, um, but I definitely strayed from... (laughs) From the straight and narrow, that's for sure. Okay. And then when you finished school and everything, what kind of career did you have? What kind of work did you do before you, you got involved in ministry? Uh, I had a variety of roles, um, some secretarial work, and then I, I really got into uh, financial planning. Okay. Well, quite a um, uh, stressful uh, job. I know you, you used to manage a whole bunch of staff uh, in an organisation at one stage, so you had a lot of uh, experience in your in your career there. And then you got involved uh, with Opportunity International, which is, uh, do you just want to explain what they do? Yeah, so, so what happened was I left um, the financial planning field and I actually looked at my life and realised um, two aspects were really low. That was spirituality and community. So I made a commitment to actually do something about that. And after doing a big fundraising walk uh, for somebody else, I found Opportunity and what they do is they help provide microfinance to the entrepreneurial poor from Australia, they outreach to um, India, Indonesia and the Philippines. Okay, now we've chatted to David Bissot before, who's uh, the founder of Opportunity International. He's a former uh, Australian of the Year or Senior Australian of the Year and he's an incredible entrepreneur. Uh, and the idea is is that, so say for example, there's someone uh, in India who is uh, living on the poverty line. Um, they'll give them like a $100 loan to yep. start up a business. What kind of businesses would they start up? Yeah, so it could be someone selling sari fabric or it could be a little food stall or maybe hiring out bicycles, just very basic businesses, but it's how they earn their livelihood. And what percentage of those loans end up getting repaid? It's about 97 or 98%. It's amazing. Wow, that is, that is incredible. And uh, how did you get involved? At, like, You went on a trip to India, I think, was one of the, the turning points in your life? Yeah, I... Bumped into someone at a, a financial networking event and from there I learned about the charity and then I, I volunteered to do some work and from that I ended up going um, on a trip to India, which is just absolutely life-changing. It was just amazing. Okay, and you actually saw these loans uh, being dispensed to the poor and it was, you know, they say it's giving them a hand up, not a hand out. Um, what was the fruit of those loans? Did you see lives completely turned around? I did. I, I guess I saw it at a number of levels. I went to some of their trust bank meetings where the 20 women will gather together and be trained and they'll repay their loans and they'll save money. And I saw them at different stages of their business. But I also got to celebrate International Women's Day with about 6,000 women um, who networked and were just so just so thrilled and empowered uh, by the help they'd received from Opportunity. And it just was amazing. Now, for a woman who was, you know, a high-flying financial planner and, you know, successful in the world's eyes, to then ending up in India, um, working with the poor, with Opportunity International, um, it must have been uh, satisfying for you to actually um, invest something of your life into others. Was that a big change for you? 
Yeah, it was transformational um, in so many ways. Just uh, the other woman I went with, seeing that the little, um, the big impact that little bit of money had on people and how hard they worked, and it really made me want to do something more to support them. Um, and, and if people want to find out about Opportunity International, what's the website for them to go to? Uh, www.opportunity.org.au. Opportunity, okay. And now if people um, uh, are interested in finding a bit about your spiritual journey, let me ask you some questions about that. So you um, obviously were impacted in India, and then you came back and you were, I think a friend of you said you need to go and do the Alpha course. Is that, is that what happened? Yeah, what happened in India is a lot of the women involved in the charity um, were Christians, and I just noticed them praying for each other and supporting each other, and I just felt, you know, in hindsight, God was working in my heart. And one particular woman, I just really saw her as a pillar of um, strength, and I wanted to talk with her, and in the customs queue on the way out of India, she asked me, how is your spiritual journey? And I just shared what God had been doing in my heart. He'd been connecting me up with uh, religious sisters and, and other people recommending Christian books. And he'd been doing something and I was wondering what was going on. And I asked her to become my Christian mentor uh, and she prayed and said she would. And as a result of that, she said to me, Janet, I really think you should do the Alpha course. You know, I'll help you find a church. She used to pray for me, give me prophetic words. And it was just a really great start the Lord gave me with walking with, um, with, with Heather's help. Okay. Now, I remember... I think we got an email at uh, New Hope Brisbane, the church we both attend, um, from uh, Janet Yo, who was inquiring. And uh, we just assumed you were Asian because of your surname, <laughs> because of the name Y-E-O. And, uh, and so, but you said you were interested in, in the Alpha course. And so I think you know, we invited you along to the Alpha course. Um, what was your first experience like when you walked into church? Um, actually, walking into church was was great and it was so emotional. Uh, I knew I didn't want a conservative church and just the fact that you're non-denominational, um, really modern music, which blew me away. Um, and I just felt God was really working in my heart. And I went to church on the Sunday and the Alpha Course started the following night. It was just perfect timing. Okay, and then what, what's, for those who don't know what the Alpha Course is, what, what's the course all about? Yeah, the Alpha Course is a great way for people who are interested in knowing more about Christianity in a non-threatening environment, just to learn and to ask questions. And there's this chap called Nicky Gumbel, who's a, um, a reverend over in the uh, United Kingdom, explains very simply and very entertainingly as well um, about you know, what who Jesus is and why did he die and uh, who's the Holy Spirit and just all these different teachings. Um, and it's it's a... As the moment I walked into Alpha, I just felt the love, um, God's love, and we just share a meal together and discuss things later, and mm. it's just a really safe environment to learn more. Oh, good. And, you know, um, I've done the Alpha course like 11 times now, and I'm thinking about becoming a Christian now after. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Uh, I've done the course, and every time I learn so much, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the stories that Nikki tells in, in Alpha uh, is uh, he talks about how, you know, say, for example, you're travelling on the train from uh, Queensland to New South Wales. Some people will know the exact moment when they've gone from one state to another. Some will look back and go, oh, look, I've crossed the border. Oh, I didn't realise when that happened. Um, and he likens that to when people become a Christians. A, a Christian. Some people know the point when they become a Christian. Some people it just happens and they can't remember exactly what point it was. What was it like for you? Was there a point in the Alpha course or at church where you think, yes, that was it, or it, did it just happen at some stage and you just remember it happened? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but I know that in Alpha we were invited to receive Christ. And I know at New Hope we were, and I think I probably did it a few times just to make sure. <laughs> just to cover yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, I think through the teachings at Alpha. To be honest, Matt, I didn't even know the definition of what is a Christian. Yeah. And that was one of the questions I asked at Alpha, what is a Christian, what does it mean? Yeah. And yeah. I was told it means to, um, to believe in Christ and follow Christ. Yeah. And once I understood, then I could make the commitment after that. Now, um, your husband 
uh, wasn't attending church with you at the time. And uh, it took a few months until Chris firstly visited the church. What was it like uh, bringing him along to church? Actually, Chris did actually come along too, but he was probably coming a bit less frequently. Yeah. Um, and he really liked the music, and unbeknownst to me, he'd been playing Christian music in his car for quite a few, quite a few months or years, even without me knowing. Really. And then one of the guys at um, church actually offered to pray, or felt God uh, wanted him to pray for Chris, and um, I think that was um, special for him. Yeah. And then um, he just sort of took his time as he does. Um, yep. Yeah, to um, to find out more, and then he eventually did the offer course, I think a couple of courses after I did. Yeah, okay. And now when you did come to Christ, was there a big change in your life? Did a lot of people notice, like in your friends and family, um, you know, things that changed uh, in your life, uh, you know, ways of, you know, living, speaking, I think to, acting? <laughs> I think to start with, I was a bit scared to tell some of my friends. Yeah. Um, so to start with, probably, probably not a big change, Um but I guess as I started to get into the Bible and started to come to church more often um, and started to feel the confidence to tell my friends, I think people noticed um, I seemed happier and, um, yeah, just just a better person generally. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, coming from a lifestyle where, you know, you were in the world, you were a high flyer, you were, you know, a financial planner, you, you know, um, you know you used, you've shared openly in church before, you used to drink a bit, you know, that was part of your lifestyle. Um, how did that part of your lifestyle change? Yeah, so what happened is um, most of my life, I guess, if I look in hindsight, I probably had a, a problem with alcohol. I didn't call myself an alcoholic, but I'd have times when I'd drink too much alcohol. And it was something I was challenged with, uh, especially being in a stressful role. I used to um, often have a bottle of wine at night to relieve the stress. And so once I became a Christian, I, I kept talking to God about that and asking for his help, and I'd have short little bursts where I'd stop. Um, but then there was one particular time when he told me to fast, and uh, the second day of that fast, I got prayer, and I actually saw the change in the spirit broken. And I really, and, and the pers- people who were praying with me gave me proactive things I could do to avoid the temptation even coming. And I can honestly say, for nearly two years now, I haven't been tempted once to drink alcohol again, and I don't want to um, mm. you know, even do it for any reason. So, mm. well, I think of that Bible verse. You know, it says, you know, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead. Be filled with the Spirit. And uh, I think uh, Paul writes that letter and explains that because really uh, they are very similar in the sense, you know, you get filled with the Spirit, <laughs> you get filled with the Holy Spirit and it changes the way you live. You get filled with an alcohol, with alcohol or a, you know, a spirit like that. It affects you. It does lead to debauchery. It leads to, you know, a, a wrong lifestyle. Doesn't mean, you know, I mean, obviously there were times in the Bible where Paul said, hey, have a little bit of wine because, you know, he said that to Timothy. But, um, it, it, I think there's a, a big, uh, contrast there between being filled with alcohol or being filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, did you find that that um, launched you into further ministry? Like when, when you started, you know, I know, I know you've been involved in mission trips in Cambodia. Um, uh, ha- have you felt the Holy Spirit working in your life as, you, as, you, as you're out there ministering? Yeah, definitely. I think as I got to understand the Holy Spirit and how he can use me um, and I started using, giving me the pr- gift of prophecy and um, the gift of healing, um, certainly in Cambodia, I saw many miracles and many people um, received um, yeah, substantial healing um, as a result, not only my prayers, other prayers as well, but I know 
that you know the Holy Spirit was using me and I just love being Holy Spirit filled and just my desire is just to be completely Holy Spirit filled and just always doing what God wants and yeah. just to give to die to myself completely. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we should just talk about Cambodia. You and I have both been to the same church, uh, Heartland Church in Cambodia. We've interviewed a whole bunch of people uh, from there on History Makers before, uh, Pastor Chenna, um, uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Cook, Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've talked to um, Mr. Chan, Mr. Chan. Right. He's a yeah. lovely man of God. You know, we've talked to a whole bunch of them before um, and heard their testimonies and um, different missionaries over there. Um, when you first went to Cambodia, that was like your first Christian mission trip, other than an opportunity international trip. Um, what was it like going over there, um, reaching out to the poor and the homeless in Cambodia? Was that a, a lifestyle shock for you as well? I don't know about a shock because I had seen poverty before, so I think that prepared that aspect of it. Um, I just loved it. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be on a mission trip all, all, full time. <laughs> because well, I the think pe- you are, actually. But anyway. <laughs> the, the people are just so beautiful and there's so much need and they've just got strong faith and it's just amazing ministering to them. And the best part of going there, and a lot of people say this apparently, is going to the AIDS ward. And in the past, I would have been fearful of going amongst that, but I just felt protected by God. And we prayed actually for one chap who was really sick and the next few days we came later uh, who's sitting up in bed feeling much better and it was just amazing seeing um, seeing God work in him. Mm. Okay, now the other part of your ministry that you've um, been launched into in the last year or two is New Hope Care. Uh, now, um, a lot of churches, you know, like the Salvos and a lot of um, uh, missions have uh, missions to the poor and the homeless. And um, you, you felt the call of God on your life to step up and, and to basically launch a ministry called New Hope Care. Um, one of the reasons, I think, is because the, the church building we meet in is next to a notorious pub. <laughs> uh, the Normanby pub is well known um, uh, for a lot of, uh, you know, alcohol abuse and fights and everything. And so, we, you know, you felt the call to to set up a ministry that would reach out to people outside the pub, that would um, reach out to the poor and the homeless. And uh, I know there's even been a family from Spain that have come over that are setting up a drug rehab through, you know, the connection with New Hope Care. Um, Tell me, um, uh, how did you first receive the call to do that? What was the burden the Lord put on your heart for that? Well, gee, ages ago, I guess he put on the Make Poverty History and through opportunity there was some... um, yeah, feeling that he wanted me to work with the poor. But then I read a book called Healing in the Kingdom and I felt to skip to the last chapter which talks about how to transform a city. And since it's transform a city, you need to serve a city. And that was a couple of years ago I read that and the Lord just put that on my heart in a mighty way. I was so excited. Um, and then I sat on that for a little while and prayed more and then a few months later we spoke about it. And um, and I know you're also impacted about um, the Dream Center in mm, L.A. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about that uh, that book yeah, that you read. Yeah. yeah, the Dream Center, one of our um, elders went over to America and they've got, a, I think it's about 260 different ministries and they just go out in the street and see what the need is and then just set up the, the ministry and they've got an old hospital building now which um, ours is much smaller but it's sort of a similar concept to having all these different ministries in different parts of the building and um, yeah, they just they pick up people in poor areas and bring them to church and just whatever the need is, they um they help them. Yeah. Mm. Now I would love to do an interview with the Spanish guys that are that are out here, but they don't speak English well enough. So you can be the translator for me. So these Spanish guys came out to Australia and they said, "Look, God has told us to move to Brisbane and set up a drug rehab." Um, just give us a little bit of a snapshot of what they've been doing in the last six months because they really are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they came out last year um, to do an exploratory trip and our church felt uh, called to get involved with them and they arrived in April and we've just been blown away by the hand of God on their lives because the morning they arrived in Australia they didn't know where they were going to sleep 
and the Lord put on my heart that the house next door would become uh, would be a place for them to stay, but it wasn't available for rent until about an hour later the sign went up. So the next door to us, which is amazing given that they're part of our ministry, um, and the Lord just provided all their needs, um, furniture, etc., just donated and even a free car. Um, and they just walked the streets. They're like from the book of Acts. They just walked the streets into the valley, into the city, and they just ministered to whoever, anyone's there. They talked to them about, um, you know, the problems with alcohol and drug rehab. They help share the gospel. And they've even got a chapter. They've, um, they've got someone moved in with them at the moment. They're just, you know, working with. But their plan is to get some property about um, 60 or 80K out of Brisbane and have people living in full time and they can help them transform you know, with the help of Jesus. And there is such a need for that too, isn't there? There is. Um, I know the guys um, uh, both have backgrounds with, you know, one of them used to be a drug dealer years ago. He's been a pastor now for 10 years. Uh, the other guy um, had been in prison and, and came to Christ several years ago. And they're both pastors from Spain and um, well qualified because the work they've done in Rito in, in Spain and all through Europe uh, has uh, really bo- uh, been bearing a lot of fruit. So they're out here in Australia. And uh, I'm just excited about the prospect of setting up a new drug rehab at some stage. Uh, there's such a need for it here in Australia. Now, uh, the other thing that um, I wanted to ask you, Janet, you know, there might be people listening that are going, okay, this woman's talked about how she's been set free from alcoholism. Um, uh, she's uh, been doing mission work around the world. She's talked about the Alpha Course and how she's become a Christian. For people listening that aren't Christians and might be thinking, you know, I want to become a Christian. I want to ask the Lord into my heart. Would you speak to those listeners, Janet, about how they would do that? Yeah, I guess um, the way I learned how to do that was through Nikki Gumbel's teaching at Alpha, and it's about saying thank you, sorry, and please. So um, understanding that Jesus came to the earth as a man like we are, and that he was crucified and his blood was shed so that we could have a relationship with God the Father and have eternal life. And so to say thank you to Jesus for dying for me, that I could have a relationship with God the Father. To say sorry for all the sins we've committed, because no matter who you are and who's listening, Jesus is the only one who walked the earth who hasn't committed the sin, any sins at all. So um, just to say sorry for all the sins I've committed in my life, um, please forgive me. And then just to say, please come into my life. I want a relationship with you. And the next two things I recommend you do is get a Bible and find someone who's a Christian. And the best way to do that is to come to church, uh, come to a church. Mm. But just take that the next step um, and um, Mm. God will help you along the way. Well, Janet, I really wanted to – I've been chasing you for a long time to do a History Makers interview. I'm really glad we've done it because you are a History Maker. You have – I've seen your life change literally over the last four years as your pastor and um, I just – I can't keep up with you. All the the ministry ideas and you're you're running prayer meetings and, you know, this the vision you have for this drug rehab and for New Hope Care um, is just incredible. And uh, I just want to uh, thank you for your time today. And if people want to find out more about New Hope Care or RETO or Opportunity International or any of this, info, um, you can find Janet's contact details at the website, newhopebrisbane.org. Go to the website and you'll find the links there um, to New Hope Care from there. Well, Janet, you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity to share. God bless. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.